0: you guys, it's happening! Oh my god! No. Oh
1: my god! I wish you were over here! This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show.
0: Here's your hosts, Rob Christie and Matt Robinson.
1: We roll into a shortened week here on the Talking Audio podcast. A day late, but never a dollar short. I shouldn't say never. Matt Robinson with you. Rob Christie as well. How's it going today, man? I guess that's all in the
0: eye of the, uh, the spender, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't think anybody leaves short of opinion when they leave here.
1: No. No.
0: You're never getting shortchanged. You may get more than you want. You may not like what you get.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh-
0: <laughs> but... But here it is. Uh, Things are great, man. Things are fantastic. Uh, I'm finishing up a four-day-long weekend. Took Friday, so. Yeah, this is a couple
1: short weeks in a row for you, isn't it? Yeah, because.
0: Yeah, right from the short bus,
1: right to the short week. Nice, man. Uh, We are on Twitter and Instagram at Talk and Audio. Give us a follow over there, and uh, make sure you're subscribed, wherever you're listening right now. Uh, it is a holiday Monday edition of the podcast. Did you get up to anything of any real interest over the, uh, over the course of the long weekend or was it a lay low kind of thing?
0: It was super lay low. I I don't know. Like since I got home from work on Thursday, I'm not sure I left the house. (laughs) Like I, I, lots of shoveling, Yeah, lots of shoveling. So uh, that's uh, I got a big back deck. So that gets shoveled all year long, too, because if not, the dog takes a smash on the deck.
1: Everybody loves that.
0: Yep. So you keep the deck shoveled, and the dog knows he's got to be out in the snow. So <laughs> it's, you know, simple creatures, right? Brain's the size of a walnut, but knows what they know. Um, but yeah, front and back, shoveled that a bunch of times. But because, uh, as we said before, I am a shovel three times instead of one big shovel. So. Yep. Um, I'm hard at it so and right I right to to
1: right down to the hard top right now? Or? You bet, man. Yeah.
0: It is black top and I am judging you in the neighborhood <sighs> and anybody else's neighborhood, really, you know, those who have shit on their laneway, come on people, <laughs> get your shit. To, and I, okay, I remember we had, we had this before where guy gets on me, his early hockey practice and he's got a snowblower. And, yeah, I
1: get, you're. This is one of your weirdest takes. He's like weird beef with people with the with the snowblower, man. It's odd.
0: No, 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 no. I used to have a lane way that I had I had to snow blow, but then I would scrape it. That's it. All right. That's it. I, I like the blacktop, man. That's I like what I like, and you you can't you can't choose your thing, man.
1: No, but uh, you did get to choose your thing coming onto the show. What are we sipping on today? Th- oh, I came back very, to him too fast. He was mid uh, mid. This is very interesting. Did not create any space for him at all to get a good swig.
0: This is um, from Nickelbrook. I'm drinking the Winter Wizard Magical IPA. Magical. That's what it says. Okay. Uh, first pull, not very hoppy. I'm not getting a pile. It's very smooth off the front. It's with like nice- grade
1: four birthday party magician kind of thing. It's...
0: Like that magician that shows up, uh, the clown magician that shows up on Uncle Buck, and he's all loaded, and he's <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's just come from a from a bachelor party or a bachelorette. I can't remember what it was, and he shows up hosed. Yeah, that's kind of what this is. Yes, very much like that. Okay, uh, smooth comes in at six point five percent. So I got a couple of them on the on the go here. So we'll see, and we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, so far, like I said, just into it. So. I got I gotta have another poll here. Like I said, you cut me you cut me a little short.
1: That's true, man. Sorry about
0: that. What do you have going on over there?
1: So this is uh from the Stack Brewing Company up in Sudbury slash Labatt's, which is uh intriguing to me a little bit, but it is called the The Letterkenny Puppers. Now, I don't know. Have you ever watched any of the Letterkenny stuff?
0: Uh yep. I've yeah. watched uh the first couple of seasons and I, I haven't got back to it for, for no particular reason, but
1: you um, uh, enjoy it. Yeah, I, I'm sort of the same way. Like there are, Some of it's pretty funny, but it's not one of those things that when the new season drops, I'm like desperately waiting for it or, or whatever. So I think I was caught up until I think it was probably Boxing Day or whatever. They usually drop the new season, right? And uh, I haven't seen any of the new season. But this is apparently a um, you know inspired by the show. I don't know if I'm supposed to recognize the term puppers from that show. Uh, but it's a golden lager and um, they say like a nice balance sort of, the they stack had produced um, a 4% um, light lager a few years ago called uh, Puppers. This is now the Letterkenny Puppers, so we're up to 5% and it's supposed to be more of a kind of midway, uh, kind of multi, a little bit darker than their, their traditional light lager that they had done. I, I was having trouble finding much information on this or what, how it tied into the show or anything. I have to assume the Labatt thing is distribution, right? If you're doing Letterkenny, you want to get it across the country instead of just being in Ontario. So maybe that's the Labatt time, but I can't say for certain. But, uh, so that's what we're going with over here, man. It's a 5% golden lager.
0: Okay. So this here is on, on second pull, super smooth, really smooth, with a little bit of a bitter finish, so I'm not getting too much in the way of anything citrusy, but um, this, I would suggest, is a highly drinkable beer. Okay. So yeah. 6.5%, Nickelbrook, Winter Wizard, which I'm glad I looked at it again, because, again, people, have it be plain and simple on your can. This is, the lettering is big, but it's sideways, right. and I thought it was Winter Lizard. <laughs> Maybe you're just illiterate,
1: if we considered that.
0: Had not right until this moment, but, um. It's possible. It's I'm on the table. Ru- I'm not ruling it out. Yeah. Okay. What do you got over there?
1: Uh, it's, it's a logger. Um, yeah, there is nothing right. special about it. It's fine. It's, uh, I would say it's crushable, right? But, nice. uh, yeah. But in terms of anything particularly standing out about it. Yeah. Not really. Okay. But that's all right, man. We're winding down a long weekend, you know, just a, a standard, Standard logger here will be just fine. I did want to mention to the good listener that uh, later this week, we're going to have a guest. It's going to be a little outside what we normally do, but I think it's important around now. Uh, Glenn McGregor, one of the reporters from CTV News. He's part of their national team. He's also a member of the parliamentary press group. He was one of the guys on the ground this past weekend uh, as police moved through and and cleared out what was left of this Ottawa occupation. And uh, I reached out to him... Um, well, he had put out a tweet saying he has this problem. Anytime he goes to call a cab to the Royal Oak, that it, it wants to automatically send him to the uh, Royal hospital, which is a mental health uh, facility here in Ottawa for those not familiar. Yeah. And, and I, I was amused by that. I, I spent enough time at the, uh, several of the different Royal Oak locations and just reached out and we traded a couple messages and he said he was uh just willing to come on and talk about what he saw and. And where this leaves us, what kind of protest this actually was, where maybe some of the vitriol towards the media is coming from. We'll get into a bunch of stuff with him, but, you know, it is a little bit different than what we normally do. But I thought, uh, you know, a guy who doesn't, uh, obviously, with his, his frequent trips to the Royal Oak, doesn't mind a pint every now and then. And uh, certainly knows what's, what's happened in the city here lately, but that'd be kind of fun. So look for that uh, Thursday morning on, uh, on Talk Can Audio.
0: I will be, I will absolutely be tuned in
1: because
0: yeah. you know what I found over the past couple of weeks, um, listening to a pile of talk radio, mm-hmm. um, not just sports, which is what I normally do, but, um, flipping over to, uh, city news 1310 here in Ottawa and yep. not, not the other guy. <laughs> um, and it's, it's funny. It's, it's, it's obviously means that I've, I'm super interested in what's happening but it also, it, you know, it must be feeling my age a bit because all the commercials on <laughs> News Talk Radio, honestly, fifty percent of them are on. I could
1: use one of those
0: erectile difficulties. Yeah, like bam, right? Like hey, shower yeah, if seat. If, if you <laughs> can't get it up, yeah, or or burial plots at yeah. some place, and you're like, okay, can't get it up, and I'm almost dying. So I, I found that to be a little depressing. Not to mention what's happening on the streets, but. I missed the entire last weekend of the Olympics glued to CBC News. World. Yep. Um, honestly from midday Friday, all day Saturday, like yep. right till I went to bed at like 11 o'clock. I watched a little hockey in the evening, but I was fascinated by the coverage and how close news cameras and news crews were able to get mm-hmm. from all different angles. Um, it was riveting to be honest with you. And, and I, I think the angles and, and what we got to see, um, was really telling. And did you get much of it uh, taken in?
1: Uh, almost the same as you on, on Friday. I, the, I saw a link on Twitter that, uh, CBC news world was, or news network was going live. Um, and I had that on my iPad for most of the rest of the day while I was doing other stuff on my laptop or, you know, just puttering away. And then on Saturday, um you know, I was still down at my, uh, at my parents' place and I came upstairs and they had, uh, an iPad opened up on the kitchen counter. And so it was just sort of on all day as you were passing through doing whatever. And there was countless times, like there'd be three or four of us just standing in the kitchen for 20, 30 minutes watching as, you know, they were making another push forward or whatever. And we've seen these sorts of things before, but I wonder if part of the, for me, it was interesting to see it in such a familiar background, right? right? Like I I've been there. I recognize that. I know that spot it you're watching this big world event that is right in your backyard kind of thing. So that was really fascinating. What did you make of the operation itself and the job they did?
0: Uh, I, I think they did a fantastic job. Uh, f- the world is watching. I think that was, that was clearly evident. Yeah. Um, you're hearing it, honestly, I, I listen to my, my, my morning news run here every morning and it gives us a little Bloomberg, it gives us a little uh, Deutsche World, right? Mm-hmm. And for the past couple of weeks, it's led on those two international news agencies. Um, yeah, the fact that there was so minimal, um, like overtly violent yep. in interaction.
1: Police brutality.
0: I, yeah, I, I think the fact that there was, as of yesterday, um, Sunday, there were just two sort of, um, sort of, uh, investigations going on in yeah. terms of, um, and one had to do with the horse and another one had to do with the setting off of, uh, of tear gas, tear gas canister, I believe late on Saturday evening right. in, on Spark Street. Yeah. But that's incredible that they were able to considering what they had to face and the unknown that was moving into the very narrow areas that the, uh, the truck's and the vehicles and the tents provided on Wellington and some of the back streets, mm-hmm. incredible. And so I, I am not a huge booster of, um, uh, the OPS especially, <laughs> but, um, I, I think, I think the police service did a fantastic job. What about you?
1: Yeah. I thought it was commendable, right. And, and inevitably I have no doubt we'll see, a, a you know, a video taken on. On you know somebody's phone or whatever of one or two cops that and and they're floating around right now. You're having to piece through what's real and what's not. Somebody was trying to sell uh, a video of some police brutality and saying that this came on Saturday afternoon in Ottawa, and it took like four seconds for anyone to comment underneath and go, "Hey man, like I know you're not good at this, but it's February in Ottawa." this video has no snow in it, and that's a Toronto street corner. This is from the G20 in 2010 or whatever, right? So you got to parse through some of this. I won't be surprised if we do hear that there was a skirmish or two that the cameras didn't pick up. But as you said, you were able to watch it. It We didn't catch every single interaction, but you would notice if this was getting way out of control and you were rampaging over whatever and constantly just gassing people and, I didn't see a lot of that, man. I think, like you said, given what they were up against, um, and I think one of the most interesting points was they never lost focus on, we just want you to leave. They never boxed them in. They didn't come in from both sides. They intentionally left piles of doors open, right? You could turn around and leave anytime you wanted. This was never about, you know, squeezing them in, arresting everybody, creating chaos, They just kept pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward, and hoping you would turn and leave. And I think that's about as peaceful a way as you could hope that this was ever going to play out up against the hardcores that were saying they were staying till the end.
0: Yeah. And I love the, I love that. And and there was some times midday Saturday where there was some, some pepper spray let off. Yeah. I love the 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 crazy woman who looked like she was about sixty, and she was she came right up to the camera, and she's like, "They pepper sprayed me," but yet she's looking. Right in the camera. Yeah. She's not
1: blinking. She's. Well, the, like, I don't know if this is the same one. We saw a woman who came up, they pepper sprayed me and they took my husband and yep. like she's yelling into the camera. Like she wants me. And then when they ask her a question, she's like, I'm not telling you anything like yeah. back to the fake news. Oh, right. I forgot. I can't trust you. And you're like, yeah. okay. And
0: that's <laughs> the one that is the same woman, yes. right? Like you're like, seriously, you th- have you ever been pepper sprayed? Cause that is, you would know it. And you're not standing there <laughs> blinking at me like, Hey, so Yeah. To me, whatever the, the things aside, I I thought it was, I thought it was quite impressive. And, um, and at the end of the day, I just wanted, I just wanted it to end. I was tired of, I was tired of people thumbing their nose at, at, at at the law.
1: Oh, and we're on top of it, you're becoming a, you know, a target for Fox news and, you know, Russian propaganda coming out and they're looking to create their own distractions over there right now, but it. It was becoming a stain and it was being, you know, we'll see in the weeks to come how much of the funding was coming from outside Canada and these sorts of things. But you were already building confidence for these people and propaganda for these people by appearing on Fox News and the organizers are showing up and talking to Tucker Carlson and these sorts of, it needed to stop. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about some of the, I'll ask about some of the specifics and the mechanisms that they used uh, with Glenn McGregor on, uh, on Thursday morning, but yeah, to me it was riveting to sit and watch yeah. one of those things where in theory it's, it's a police line that would move slowly and then stop and move slow. It shouldn't have been as interesting as it was, but for some reason I did find myself kind of captivated by it.
0: Well, and, and just in closing, cause we want to move on to other things. Yeah. You're going to cover this in detail later. Um, yeah, it's very clear that as the trucks moved moved east, we're all looking at the convoy like, hey, look at that. They're coming here. Yep. And nobody recognized it for what it was going to be. And then they got here and you're like, hey. And then at the end, the police kept saying, you're going to have to leave or else we're going to start busting windows and towing trucks. <laughs> and it's like, they never believed. Yes. And then they're like, hey, the police are <laughs> coming in here now. Right. It's like there was disbelief on both ends. And at the end of the day, you're like, come on, man, get your shit and get out of here. And so it's like, everybody's tough until they get punched in the face.
1: Yeah. The old Mike Tyson line, right? Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face.
0: Yeah. And then you move on and then you go, okay, this is different than I thought. And it ain't worth it. So interesting. And I hope, uh, and again, people, if you want to come back and protest, Hit the sidewalk with your placard like everybody else. Yep, you're you're welcome back. Totally good. You cannot monopolize the entire center town area of a city.
1: No, that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was actually Bob Ray who tweeted out like, uh, "A truck is not a speech. A horn is not a voice. Like these aren't. Yeah, <laughs> and I think nice, that Bob. one of the things that we um that was so surprising, man, or was so riveting, maybe, was that you were waiting for the meltdown, right? Where one guy throws one punch or, you know, one cop throws a, you know, a a baton shot and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. And there is a certain amount of, you know, those people who watch NASCAR just for the crashes, right? I think there was, you were waiting for some sort of clash. And the fact that it didn't come uh, is is to be commended by, uh, honestly, by the protesters as well, right? Like while they were refusing to leave, nobody went that crazy, right? And started doing anything yep. ridiculous. It was time yep. you were being pushed back. Um, it did, at least in that element, remain, you know, as close to peaceful as it was ever going to be.
0: Except for, I was there, was there was a spot on Friday last week when they first started pushing up Wellington, Yeah, you know, sort of from Rideau, they they sort of came up to that corner at Sussex and Rito, right by the Rito Center, for those of you. Um, and they pulled that guy through the line, and he's right there with his wife and his kids. Yes, I, I was so angry. I was I almost had tears in my eyes. I was so frustrated by that. And 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 you can show your kids, you know, what what it is to be to to fight for your rights and to and and to have your own beliefs. But when you have police there, you have the horses in behind, you have emergency response vehicles in behind, that is not a place for you to bring your kids. No, And you, my friend, are a douchebag of a whole new type and don't deserve to have kids. Don't deserve to be raising kids because you have willfully put them in harm's way.
1: And that was one of the things that went into effect with the the emergency act, which they're getting ready to vote on later tonight uh, despite the fact that it's already in use it's a whole other thing um but that it made it illegal to bring children under 18 to this thing again doing all you can before it comes to force to just get these people to leave right like yep. don't have your kids around here when shit is inevitably going to hit the fan and and there were just some people who couldn't help themselves right and i did read uh, on there was no photo so you you run the risk of there was a, a tweet that said that a woman or a set of parents had brought their, like, looked like less than six-month-old up and set it down in front of the cops, like, daring them to. And I had a like, right up at the front line. And I had read that initially, naive as I am, like, these parents were saying, we're not leaving if it's illegal to have our kid. Like, they were almost handing the kid over because we're not leaving. But, no, they were, again, creating a barrier, right? Like, helping, like, yeah. pu- Fuck you, you gross piece of shit. Like, that kid should never be returned to you. Like
0: There was the picture of the stroller. There was a a lot of that scene around, right? And you're like, wow. Incredible, man.
1: Yep. Well, as we said, uh, you know, shout out to the different police forces who who teamed up to to get this done. Um, Commendable job and uh, relieved to see how it went. Because you know the old expression, man. Some of those who work forces are the same who honk horns is. As we uh, <laughs> move along, uh, we should be starting by now. Uh, we should actually be, you know, firing up some spring training games. Pitchers and catchers should have reported about a week ago. Uh, everybody else would have rolled in. We'd be just on the on the verge of starting to see some early spring baseball where you recognize two or three names and they're going to play an inning or two, and then you get some double A uh, some double A action the rest of the way. Nowhere close to being. Uh, on the agenda, man, they they continue to not negotiate, I guess, for now. Um, and uh, I guess the players have said, you know, we're going to need at least four to six weeks of spring training to get ready. Um, that would mean, you know, basically striking a deal today. Um, you have piles of arbitration and free agents and trades and everything to make before you ever even get to these games. At this point, you know, we haven't talked much about it on the show because there hasn't been much to say. But where are you at with just this baseball work stoppage and the fact that we're supposed to be firing up and they don't look anywhere close to getting it done?
0: Well, see, late last week, they met for 15 minutes yeah, till they both flipped each other off and left the table. <laughs> so you're like, yes, guy, optimistic right off the hop. Uh, then I saw that uh, they pushed back the opening of spring training till March 5th. Yeah. So that's a full week. They are slated to meet every day this week. Um but yeah, uh, to me they're starting at such a such a distance that this is never happening. This is not ha- like I'm I'm putting the over under mat at at July 1st. Do we see anything wow. before okay. July 1st? Yeah. Like to me the, this is and, and there's such a the volume that, of, of, you know, the distance that has to be covered is, is huge. And, and I just don't see it happening. And it's, you know, Rob Manfred said, oh, it'd be disastrous if we didn't start on time. And you're like, yeah, fuckhead. <laughs> we <It's>, know. <laughs> yeah. And and like you're coming out of, or two years of pandemic, you know, baseball all jigged up and moved all over the place, yep. especially here in Toronto. and. And you're looking at things maybe sort of looking quasi-normal. And now you're going to be like, no, nah, there's going to be no baseball season. There's going to be labor disruption. It is disastrous, man. And it's killing your product that is already fan interest is waning. And, yeah. and now you're just going to like stomp on it with, a, with another labor stoppage is just ridiculous,
1: So where are you at in terms of uh, because I know throughout the summer you're a lot like I am where if there's a Jays game on it's at least on in the background or as you're working around in the house but as often as not you actually you know sit down and and watch it but through April and May there's still a lot of hockey Um, you know it's it's not necessarily the best baseball yet you're still seeing a lot of kind of shitty spring games uh, especially up here in the northern part of the continent do you care right now or is this still because it's only spring training that's been delayed Are you just sort of like whatever just call me when you get it done because I got to tell you I'm more annoyed than I thought I would be I I fully expected we would miss a lot of spring training but they would get it done in time to do like three weeks of spring training and then start pretty close to on time but I've lost confidence I don't think it's July like you do but I don't think we're starting on time either Um, how irritated are you or do you care right now
0: well, what, what makes you more optimistic than me? Which is not normally
1: the situation. No, I understand. Um, it it As you said, they are scheduled to meet. And the fact that it was only 15 minutes last week, it doesn't take long to trade proposals, right? And then we got to take this back and, and study it and read it. And there was a little bit of movement. Both sides do seem to be acknowledging there's some things we're just not going to get. Like baseball wanted sort of a, the same way that there's no cap on the upper end in baseball, but there is a luxury tax where if you spend over a certain amount, you, you know, pay back a a tax on it. And and it goes, they wanted to see almost a similar penalty at the bottom end, but they had to be careful with the wording because if you agree on a hard floor, you have to agree on a hard ceiling. They didn't want to Mm. do that. So the players have sort of given up on that. The owners do seem to be willing to move on like minimum pay, and, um, like league men, I mean, and, and stuff like that. Like, again, I don't think we're close. I just don't think given the money they've lost over the last two years that they would allow it to get to, to July. I'm thinking more like a May 1st kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And, and, and in other labor disputes, uh, you and I differ quite a bit. Usually I am initially anyways, leaning towards ownership a bit, right. As, as the people who, who do run and own and put up the the funds to have this this team. But I think when you look at, at at the MLB and when you look at, especially they have the worst free agency rules, you know, 29 and a half or yep. whatever it is you have to be. And then they also, of the four major sports, and we're generously including the NHL in that, <laughs> NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, MLB has the the lowest minimum salary. Yeah. Right, so at this point you're like, man, you guys, you guys suck, and you need to and and you need to do more, right? And and I was reading some stuff today, and and I was actually on a Washington Free Press, uh, Washington Post, sorry, um, article, and and they were citing Vlad Guerrero Jr. right as as one of the you know look
1: at that Blue Jays making the Wapo,
0: yeah, but not but not in a good way, Um, oh. But yeah, this idea that he made six hundred and five thousand you know last year in an m v p finalist yes. season um and that's fine right you could have guys may have bafo seasons on entry level contracts in the n h l but the fact that he he is sort of that you know they they willingly they talked about the service terms right where they held him out for the two weeks a couple of years ago yes. to 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 hold back those six years because that's when it really you get s- s- Free agency at six years of MLB service. Yeah. And so that season where they held Vlad
1: back. Doesn't count as a full doesn't season. Doesn't <laughs>
0: count as a full season, right? Same with uh with uh Bo right? They yeah. now they didn't bring him on until much later in the season, anyways, but you are looking at, yeah, this is at what point do you go, hey man, the minimum is is like 570? You're paying me six bills, right? And you're paying that guy over there 35 million
1: well there was reports last week that Juan Soto turned down 10 years 350 million dollars knowing that if some of these other guys i'm seeing make 300 million at like Max Scherzer at 40 years old or whatever the hell he is is i think made it to 40 mil per uh just yeah. before the shutdown the blue jays should not wait long after this is wound up to a don't piss him off don't make him keep playing for 600 grand renegotiate his deal and get it done. No matter how objectionable that number is going to appear, it's only going up. So just get it done. Like if Soto's laughing at you at thirty-five million per season, Vlad Guerrero is going to be in that same, you know, laughing fit. I guess for lack oh, of a better what, term.
0: It, you got. You got to think that the Jays are looking at uh, uh, north of four hundred.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ooh, it's crazy. It am is, I right? It's
1: big fucking money. for sure. And
0: and and this again is part of the problem with the MLB. If you are not Vlad Guerrero Jr. or or Tatis or, or any of these other guys, yeah. then you're down there making nothing. Some of them never make it to arbitration. Some of them never make it to free agency. And it's fine, right? I'd like to make 600 grand for sure. one year or two years. Totally good. Um, but... The reality is, it trickles down all the way down to single A ball, right? Or
1: yeah, guys are we're, sleeping in vans and
0: making uh, eight grand a yeah, year. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, okay, you're like seriously, I get it, right? You you're, you're trying to develop me. That's why we have a single A, right? But at the end of the day, what I have to work at Subway or like as a greeter at Walmart <laughs> to to try and make ends meet? Like nothing says high performance athlete, soon to be pro, like
1: begging you know, curly, for supper, curly
0: fries at Arby's <laughs> or what are we having here?
1: Yeah, no, you're right, man. And, and that's half of the issue too, is, is the road that these guys have to take. And baseball takes the longest to get to. They hold you in the minors, not just at the very end of there, those extra couple weeks all the way up. Like it's pretty rare to see guys like Vlad or Ronald Acuna Jr. or whatever, making it up at 20 years old. You're normally 24, 25, like it's. And part of that is playing university ball first and whatever, but yep. but you just, it takes a long time. They make you wait a long time to ma- get through the minors and yeah, you're making peanuts when that's happening. So there's a ton of ground to make up and it doesn't appear like they're close. I do think we'll be missing regular season games, but I just think given the disaster that they've been through, I- I'm not sure anybody will have the appetite to go as quite as far as, as you're envisioning, but we'll see because it's... It's not like it's close. So Uh, we did just wrap up the Olympic Games. Canada, fairly successful, I would say. But, uh, you know, there's been some talk about number of golds versus other countries. And we've had this debate, I believe, before. And uh, it kind of stemmed from those Vancouver Olympics where uh, Canada had won a pile of medals, but it didn't come until the last day that they won the most gold medals. Um, How do you read and should we really care, I guess, the the medal table. Is the country that got the most medals the most successful country at the tournament or is it the, or at the event, or is it the country with the most gold medals?
0: Well, thankfully, Matt, in Beijing, now it, you notice in 08 when, when, when the world was in China, it was Beijing. Yeah. And then in 2022, it's very pronounced Beijing
1: Well, just like, I don't, I'm not familiar at all with Mandarin or it seems like by spelling, this one is correct. Like just sort of. Beijing? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it is. You're right. It was
1: absolutely was Beijing in 08, but yeah, you've seen like to me, maybe we've learned a little bit or been corrected or whatever, because yeah, you are hearing Beijing a lot more often. And to the point where I now notice Beijing as being, come on, man. Right.
0: (laughs) It sounds odd. Yeah. And it's and, and in fact I spoke to a uh, a Chinese guy I work with, and I'm like he's my he's my Chinese expert. He's well he's over sixty, and I'm like well so give me the deal like Beijing versus Beijing, and he's like anything other than Peking, okay. totally good. <laughs> so I'm like all right, all right okay, come on, move along. I don't need to I don't need any do more of that. Um and but but thankfully in Beijing it was, um, Norway had both the most medals. Yep, and the most goals. so yep. So it's really a. God love those year.
1: downhill events.
0: Well, honest to God, man, they like they blew away everybody at thirty seven. Me- now I understand. There's more events, and there's more events all the time. Yeah. Um, but I am all about most medals.
1: I'm surprised to hear you say that. Elaborate, friend.
0: Yeah. So to me, the idea is it's a medal count. It's not a gold medal count. It's a medal count. Who has the most medals? That's it. If if they only want to give one medal, hey man, you have the most golds, you win. Which is, as you said, 2010 in, in Vancouver, we did not have the most medals. We had, at 14, we had the most golds. Yes, and we, we claimed that
1: as winning the Olympics, yes.
0: Right, and so at this point, we finished fourth in medals at 26, um, but we were fifth, I believe, in, in actual gold medals, right? So we would have been bumped down a spot. Yeah. Um, behind the Americans, we had more medals than them by one, but we had much fewer, at least half as, yes. half as many gold medals. We as only they had did.
1: four, I think, didn't we? Gold medals. Yep. Yeah.
0: Four. Well, and, 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 and honestly, I don't want to, I don't want to drop the spotlight right on anybody in particular, but curling, what are you doing?
1: Oh man. Disastrous Olympics for curling. And this is the first time I believe in like 20 years we have collected zero medals in figure skating. Uh, so that's gotta be a strength for us typically. And, and it, it just was not. This time around, so not good, man. So to me. We need one of those, we- uh, what would we call it in hockey when we had to, one of those summits, we need a curling summit, get get our game back.
0: Well, Matt, we may just double it up with the hockey summit that's going to go on because uh-huh. we, we lost a quarter, man. Who, Canada not, Canada, not making a semi? Boo! So.
1: Can't believe our figures- team of Swiss league third liners didn't get it done over there.
0: We're going to throw it all together with <laughs> international hockey, curling, and figure skating. Yes. We're going to do it. Whereas, to me, the the I would say a slow a slow burn at the beginning for me, uh, picked up quite a bit in the middle. I I'm loving the uh, the uh, the uh, you know the the snow cross, the yep. ski cross, slope like, style. Yeah, like to me, these are super interesting. Um, and I know these are X games, things that have sort of crossed over, but, um, yeah, that, that, that snow cross and the, and the ski cross is dynamite. It's crazy, man. Yeah. And so, um, I didn't see any biathlon. I can't believe an (laughs) an Olympics went by without one viewing of biathlon, but I did see, especially with the Canadians in the team event, a little throwback ski jumping.
1: Yep. Nice. Right.
0: Way back to the Crazy days of Canucks. horse beulah, yeah. Come on, man. It's just, uh, but uh, I actually watched more in the middle than I thought I would. And then, as as I've said earlier, right? I due to the the, f- the shenanigans yeah. in downtown Ottawa, yep. I saw none none of the final. So I actually missed the final, the bobsled medal, and 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 all that sort of stuff. But
1: uh, I did. Good stuff. Uh, did you have a thought on? Um, I didn't plan to at all but I did stay up and watch the gold medal men's hockey game, Finland versus I can't believe it's not Russia. And it turned out to be a pretty entertaining game, but like to me, if this is how this was going to go, and this is the type of teams we were all going to send there, fucking good for you, Finland, right? Like we talk about them all the time that they punch way above their weight and to show up and that Russian team had more maybe name brand appeal than any other team that was at the Olympics. But the Finns, you know, Harry Sateri, briefly a star for the Florida Panthers in goal a couple of years ago, uh, got me a couple of fantasy wins one season. You know, good for that guy, man. And good for some of these these players. Leo Komarov, happy to see Uncle Leo get himself an Olympic gold medal. I didn't... I, I watched the Canadian men go down in the quarterfinal, and I honestly, it was kind of a shrug, like, whatever. Like, this is yeah. not... Um, to me, something that i really makes any sort of statement on the state of Canadian hockey right now. But if I was going to take an interest and in outside of Canada cheer for a team, yeah, man, good enough to see, to see Finland get it done. I, I like, it's a, always sort of a, a fairly likable team based a lot on the fact that they've done what they could to mimic the Canadian system.
0: Yeah. Uh, I actually watched of the Olympic tournament. I watched one period. Okay. I watched the first period of Canada, USA. Yeah. Uh, I did not see a second
1: okay. of it. Yeah.
0: Uh, now I'm with you. To me, the Finns are always my second choice. They're like the Saskatchewan Roughriders of International exactly, hockey, Exactly, man. Right down to the right? colors
1: almost, right?
0: <laughs> everybody everybody goes, ah, oh, my team's not in it. Finns, we're yeah. going to cheer for the Finns. Because as you've said, they are plucky. Yep. They, they, um, they just come with the same game all the time. Yeah. Doesn't matter what's happening. They just roll out the same thing, the little cookie cutter factory they have of hockey players. <laughs> you're like dish, 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 third third line player, but you're like, I have all these guys. And um I was also, I, I gotta say, intrigued by the, the Slovaks winning a bronze medal. Yep. I think that is a, a really good sign for for Slovak hockey, which is kind of like between them and the Czechs, who used to be powerhouses. Yes. Yeah right up till, and then maybe the last 20 years just disappeared, man, maybe the last decade or more, right? Once you got through that Hosa, Chara, Dimitra, Dimitra yes. you know, Ziggy Palfi. Yeah. All these sorts of things, right? Once you sort of got through those guys and, and it's, but they have just disappeared, right? And so they got a couple guys who I think are going to go in the top, like on this team. Yep. On this bronze medal team. Yeah, a couple of guys, or
1: something his name was, he's like 17 years old. Uh, he's and like led 6'2. the tournament in scoring, I think so.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's seven goals, I believe. And he's like six two, two twenty five. Like he's a, he's a big kid. Yeah. Has, has hands and you're going to see him go in the top five, maybe to the Ottawa Senators.
1: <laughs> um, if people want to check it out, we got in depth on uh, the last episode with Michaela Schreider on the women's gold medal game. Did, uh, you said you didn't watch much of the men's tournament. Did you give it a chance? Did you stay up for the gold medal game for the women?
0: Honestly, the 13-year-old in the house said, hey, I want to get up at 11. I'm thinking about going to bed at 8 and getting oh, up Oh, you'll at never 11. make
1: it. You can't. I don't know at that age, but.
0: I <sighs> said that. I, I'm like, you know what? You're going to hit the sheets, and then the alarm's going to go off, yeah. and you'll be already like two hours at least of a deep sleep, and you're going to say, forget it.
1: Yeah. Uh, she- I could get up for a 4 a.m. game or a 5 or something like that. Uh, Only two hours into your sleep, there's no shot, man. Like. And this is what I said. Yep. I said, it's one thing. Cause she's like, I did it for the, for the women's
0: soccer this summer. And I'm like, yeah, but that was like a 5. AM yep. start.
1: That's a get up and start your day. I can see that. Like it's-
0: honestly, I had, I had two coffees and Irish cream already by the time the <laughs> halftime showed up. Right. So, it, but it's, yeah. And so God bless her. She got up. Wow. Wow. She did not make it no, past the first
1: okay. period. Okay,
0: because like, she had set up a little nest downstairs.
1: Oh no, you can't be comfortable
0: either. Oh, that's what she said. She goes, "Oh, I made my I made my spot too comfortable." Yeah, and
1: she said, <laughs> "I started to go.
0: Oh, I'm gonna go to sleep. I'm so I'm falling." Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, she's like, "Hey, Rob, you gotta stay. You gotta stay up with me." And I'm like, ah, probably not." <laughs> And she's like, come on. You're I also be an have old a nest
1: man. set up somewhere. Yeah. I she's like,
0: that. old man. She's like, oh, she said, this is bad news. She's a bad news for you, man. You're getting to be an old man. You're going to start getting gray hair. You can't stay. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Mm. I can live with it. Yep. I said, I'm pretty good with it. No problems. So <laughs> I did not catch a second of it.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, it was, uh. It was a hell of a game, so we did go into uh, in depth on episode nine thirty seven, I believe it was, with uh, Michaela well, and, Schreider. And Michaela's
0: Michaela's got the the take you really want over mine, anyways.
1: For sure, man. Uh, staying on, on, on this, yeah, anyways. Okay, so that's episode nine thirty seven. If you haven't had a chance and you're interested in uh, in her takes on that, go and check that out. But staying in the international hockey realm, do it. There are some thoughts that you know because the Olympics did not happen for the NHLers this year maybe one of the ways you kind of, A, make it up to the players, but B, let's be real, is make some money, is to bring back the World Cup, which they promised us before 2016 was now back. It was going to be a regular thing, and we would get back on rotation with it. It's been six years without one again, so um, who knows? But the talk seems to be that 2024 is on the table, and the thing that stood out to me, man, as I'm sure it did to you, was it looks like at least it's on the table that instead of doing the typical preseason September world cup, boo! this might get done in more like an Olympic time, mid season, February, get up and going. Um, a, were you surprised by it? And B, are you down with that idea? It seems like you might be,
0: well, I'm down with it, Matt, 100%. First of all, ditch the all-star game shenanigans, yeah. bullshit. Um, but the real question here, yeah, like I, I want guys in midseason shape, rolling into a best on best tournament. That's what all fans want to see. Yeah. Ah, uh, the flip side is the hypocrisy on the ownership side, <laughs> yeah. which is we
1: couldn't possibly shut down our season.
0: For- it's bad for business. Oh wait, you're gonna put it in our arenas. And we're going to have all the footage and everything and the else revenue, to use from it. And yeah. the The, the, the r- TV. That's part, part of it being in our our barns is, yep. yeah, we're going to do all that. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm not loving it. And I saw some stuff from uh, from Darren Drager just this afternoon as I was looking through where they said, owners aren't going to love it, but they're going to sort of hold their nose. And you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: That's what they did for the Olympics. They don't have to do this. The fact that they're considering doing it means you say you don't like it so you can keep it as an issue at the next CBA negotiation. But as long as they're all making fat stacks off of it, they'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Now, I, I do believe it is still the issue that if, you know, Austin Matthews is playing for the United States in a gold medal game and tears up a knee...
1: Yeah, I won't love that.
0: The, the Leafs would be like, what the Never fuck? Never again. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible, man. I don't care how, many, how much revenue I'm getting. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, that is still a legit concern. Sure, the but that was going part. to
1: be at the Olympics too.
0: Yep, and, no, no, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And I, yeah. and I think that is always still going to be on the table, right? Yes. Which is...
1: Because we've seen unf- Hassick get hurt. We've seen Sean Tavares get hurt. Like, and not just with minor injuries, right? Like, I believe you Tavares... Say, yeah. Yeah, I believe Tavares shut down his, uh, I, th- I think that was the end of his season. I don't think anyone expected it would be the end of Hossix, but he decided it was uh, here in Ottawa. So. I don't
0: know. Maybe Thursday. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Sunday. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Only his sounded like, uh, I don't know. Like, 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 I don't understand what the hell you're talking about. <laughs>
1: Yeah, to me, I, I think I, I'm like you, though. I'm I'm happy to hear it, but I am, I'm very surprised to hear that they would even entertain the idea of doing it mid-season. But it does almost certainly mean better hockey. And I wonder if you believe we're going to do this right this time or are we going back to the gimmicky stuff? Because I'm just, I'm not interested, man, in a Team Europe and as much as fun as Team North America was, like, you don't always get that lucky if you do that Team North America thing where you have McKinnon and McDavid and Matthews all yeah. on. Like, good luck doing that again in, yeah. in two years, right? Having that bumper crop there and available to you. And just, it it lacks legitimacy. I. It's not that it wasn't fun to watch Team North America, but if you want this to be real and you want players to... To start to take this more seriously and grow this World Cup into something, you can't say to a Connor McDavid, "You can't play for your country. You have to play for for this thing." Right? Like the players are never going to buy it. So, do you think we're going to see, or what do you want to see? Like, because well, we do see a drop off after the six, right? Canada, USA, Russia, Sweden, Finland whoever maybe it's Germany now maybe it's the Czechs maybe it's the Slovaks like this is where you get into the thing on why you do the Europe team Uh, maybe you just limit the number of teams in it I I don't know
0: well and you look at you look at team Germany that's an interesting example in terms of of what's sort of what's coming right in terms of they seem to be around and and you look at Moritz Seider who Mm -hmm. you and I both panned wickedly on draft day yeah. as an, as an overreach and everything. And man, that guy looks like a stud now. When you, Probably when you your watch, rookie
1: of the year this year.
0: When you watch him in Detroit, um, Stutzla here. Yep. Um, but I think you need to crank it open a bit more and, and spread out the top teams a, a, a bit, right. And, and bring in more teams. If you want to use it as a developmental kind of a thing, I was not the young guns thing, the North America squad. I I, I don't need to see, Right, I did not hate the team Europe, and, and again they wanted Kopitar to find a way to play right. Like sure, is never right. is never making any kind of no. But if you throw him in with with, with Swiss guys and and che- and Slovaks, sorry, I guess
1: yeah, the Czechs but, I believe got in right on their own. Although that yeah is less Czech hockey seems to be on a bit of a a downswing. Yeah. But so
0: to me um i i did not hate it and and the reality is that team europe made it to the final yep so it 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 wasn't as gimmicky a, as you'd think it it made a formidable squad so i don't hate that i really don't especially when you look at at you know you're starting to see a couple more danish players you're starting to you know just but nowhere near enough to make a squad right and and as the game especially in sort of northern and, and Eastern Europe continues to sort of rebuild retool um it'll it'll be interesting right but I am I am more interested I think in seeing what this means for Olympic hockey moving forward
1: if they can establish this. Would right. they give up? It's the players, right? You have to convince the players that this is real, that this matters, and that this has some prestige. And right now, it just doesn't. And part of that is the fact that you don't do it often enough for anybody to care. Um, but there's something about the Olympic Games, right? And and it being the highest pinnacle of sport, or at least it's supposed to be. Yep. Um, I think it's a tough sell right now to say to them... So where are the next Olympics in Cortina and Milan? Well, yeah.
0: Yeah. Milana and Cortina de f-
1: something fr- or other Italy is what yep. we're so, uh, you know, and then I think it's after that, they, maybe they haven't decided yet. I can't remember, but like it, it, Unless you're getting, oh, it's not. It hasn't been decided yet because we got uh, Vancouver doing an exploratory bid or uh, investigation back no, here. First Nations, First yes, Nations, yes, mass. You're right. <laughs> in the Crater Vancouver area, yes, um, the Southern Mainland. It it's it's to me that's a tough sell. I think you're right that they want to phase out the Olympics because they don't get anything from it in terms of, of money or, or footage. Although some of that, I believe, had been. In terms of footage, I think they had negotiated they would get some of that back had they gone this time. I don't know, man. I I, I just I'm intrigued by the idea, um, and I'm more interested in seeing it if it's going to be a mid-season thing when I'm actually in hockey mode and the players are all up to yep up to snuff. But um,
0: but how do you give it more prestige?
1: I think you just got to keep doing it for one thing.
0: Yeah. Like <laughs> like you, you need you need player buy-in. Yeah first and foremost, right? Where you say, it's important to me to to win win the World
1: World Cup of Hockey. Yes.
0: And you say, that's it. I I want to, and really for us in this country, it means we probably have to lose it to somebody else for it to really matter here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then you sort of go, bam, you know, the Americans being the dominant hockey power. And you're like, man, we want that back. Right, like it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's. You look at at Olympic women's hockey. That is great hockey, right? I watched a lot of the um, rivalry series. I didn't see, as I've said, I yeah. didn't see any. That is great hockey to watch, but when you only have two teams, it becomes less.
1: Well, you got to look at soccer, right? where the World Cup is, of course, by, is much, much bigger than the Olympic soccer tournament on the men's side of things, right? And it's, I believe it's an under-23 tournament with one or two exceptions, yep. like you can bring a veteran or something. You have to build it, and it it's going to take time. It won't be two or three of these, you know, on a good four-year rotation where everyone is suddenly... It will take time. It will take kids growing up watching, like, really intense world cup and i think one of the reasons that team europe to me did remain gimmicky even at the end is it didn't build any sort of rivalry like whether team europe's going to be back or not or which country do i dislike right now i guess just the continent of europe is upsetting to me i like to me that was one of the problems with it I, i think i agree with you that maybe instead of shrinking it down and eliminating not only the two gimmick teams but you know, you could go to a six team tournament. Maybe you do have to go to 10 instead. And yeah, bring in the Germans, bring in what, yeah, Slovakia and Switzerland or whatever you want to do. And understand that that means there will be some games that aren't close, but at least they are real national teams and you can start to build this thing and make it feel. This is going to sound weird because the NHL is going to run it and put it in NHL buildings. Make it feel less like the NHL. Like it's got to, there's got to be a different vibe to it somehow. And I think the only way you can do that is have kids growing up, remembering that time that McDavid played against Matthews or Ovechkin or whatever and lost, as you said, and, you know, want that to matter and want it to feel like its own thing. And when I get there, I wouldn't let that happen.
0: Right. And I think think you need to go to Now soccer is, is a much more widely played sport than, than hockey is, but you're looking at 32 teams making the world cup and it's a long journey as Canadian soccer is making its way towards that. It's a big deal. We've talked for the first time in a long time about international soccer, Canadian style ever on, on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a big deal. And so to me, I'm not saying hockey needs to go to 32, Oof. but okay. But I, I think 16, Yeah, right? I think you need to look at, give a Latvian kid the option, which I don't think a Latvian kid is, is, is a bigger stretch than talking about three years ago, Canada, making the world cup of soccer. No, it's
1: not. No.
0: Right. When you look at it and go, man, we're ranked 86th in the world. Yeah. And, and we've now made our way to 32, a record
1: Okay, so now high. we're pulling this out of the season because you cannot run a tournament that big mid-season. So now we're talking yeah, yeah. about a different animal again, right? Like I don't necessarily uh, disagree with you. Like maybe there has to be qualifying in September to play in the big event in, in February or something, right? Because you, you just could not possibly play that many games mid-season.
0: Well, uh, you know, hockey style, you got to go in in a two-week period. You go, sorry, you got to play every three days. A- and you do a four, you know, whatever it is, a four-team division, top two out of your division. Sorry, man, the bottom two, you're out. Right? And you start to work it, work its way across from there. You're down to eight in a hurry. After one week, you're down to eight. Yeah. So to me, it's still a two-week period if you want to do it that style. You don't get as many games, but Yeah. Your division four. You do four in the first eight days, ten you know ten days, and then you play your quarters, semis, finals. So if you have to make it two and a half weeks, if you're interested in building the sport, which I'm not
1: sure the NHL and the NHLPA are interested in building their league,
0: right? Okay, but you are looking at if you are getting now, as I said, Latvian or Danish, more Danish players, it becomes more global in that fashion. More Swiss players, right? You are looking at the next Nino Niederreiter sure. who isn't clamoring for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting debate. I'm happy we're having it again. I don't think this next one will be anything close to, to that. Uh,
0: nope, but I'm throwing it out there, Matt, because I am a visionary.
1: Love that. You bet, baby. Uh, one of the guys I think we were... Largely certain we were going to see for Team Canada at the Olympics had this gone down is Mark Stone. And now I'm not sure when we're going to see him again. I think the popular opinion is that we'll see him for game one of the playoffs. But there seems to be some question about that. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights last week did reactivate Jack Eichel for the first time. And uh, to make room under the salary cap, they had to push a big contract out. And uh, Mark Stone has a back injury that uh, now places him on LTIR. Uh, Eichel not off to a great start, but he's been off for a year. He does have a goal now. I believe on Sunday he scored. Um, Two points. Yeah. What do you make of, of what's going on down in Vegas? And I don't know. What, is this even still a story that we're going to use the cap this way anymore?
0: There's a couple of things. First of all, it's absolute bullshit. I think I, I can't believe I'm the only person to to feel that, um, we do not see this guy before game one of the playoffs, right? Right. They're in a softish division, Mm -hmm. right? I, I think they feel fairly comfortable with where they are in that division and come playoffs. They're, they're comfortable fending off Edmonton, Anaheim, maybe not Calgary. Yeah. I believe Calgary's two
1: points ahead of them right now.
0: Yeah. yeah, so I think if you bring back Stone, uh, as long as they can stay out of that fourth spot in the in the division of the wild card, I yeah. think they're feeling comfortable with that, right? Yeah. Um. So you, yeah, we don't see Mark Stone before, which is is an absolute mockery of the of the salary <laughs> cap. Like, I, I get it. You know, we all sort of looked at the Kucherov thing last year and these other sort of examples, and you go. Yeah, not every team can do that because not every team can make the playoffs by removing Kucherov for an their entire best season. Player, yeah. yeah, And you go, okay, but we now are in a good enough spot in Vegas where we know where the lay of the land is. We're going to fire, you know, Jack Eichel, and can. Just in a side note, can we stop calling him the Eichel Tower? Ew, is that I a thing that's that. happening? I'm hearing that, Ew. and I'm like, I am totally against that. No, awful. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Um, back to it, and you say we're comfortable with thirty plus games left that we know we're going to stay out of, out of you know relegation and these sorts of things, and so it infuriates me to say to see this happen again and again. When the reality is, those guys made a big ballsy move. They brought in Eichel. Now you got to man up and you got to do the right thing, and you have to get rid of some salary. You can't just take 9.5 and go, oh, I'm feeling a little twinge in my back. (laughs) See you in May.
1: I wonder if you are, I had heard about this. You probably had too. Like when they initially made the trade, which I think was in the first week of December, I had no idea. I knew Mark Stone had missed some time. I don't remember if it was with the back at that point. Uh, But someone said to me in my replies, like, oh, no, they'll put Mark Stone on IR with a back injury. And I was like, I haven't heard anything about that and just sort of ignored it. I get a lot of weird replies on Twitter. Yep. And here it is. It's played out exactly that way. Would you be at all concerned? Like, maybe it is a back injury that because the league is paying attention, they are going to investigate this because we're seeing it more and more often now. But. Maybe it's one of those things where you give it some time to calm down, right? And, it, and you stop playing through it. Um, it's legit that your back is sore and maybe you are just good to have a couple weeks off. Would you not be concerned with a player that important to you that he's just going to come back for game one after two or three months off and just immediately, like injury aside, be caught up with everyone else? Or, or do we see this for a month and then... Max Pacioretty's hip gets sore. And so he goes on LTIR and Stone can come back for a month. Like how ballsy do you think you can get here? And would you not be worried that your team's not going to be, you still have those guys, but they're not as good as they should be when the playoffs start.
0: If you look at, there's a bunch of things I'm concerned. A let's look at this on the rosy side and say, this is legit. Mm -hmm. Mark Stone has back problems. Um, This is a guy who was drafted and and was a terrible skater yep. coming out of junior. And so had to work really hard on this, is not a naturally gifted skater. And you say, yeah, back problems, that is sort of the the offshoot of of a terrible skating stride or gait, right? Yeah. So to me, if it's legit as a guy with five or six more years left on a big contract. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an issue now, again, you know, we can see that go away on LTIR, right. (laughs) And insurance will help us out with that. But, uh, I am concerned on that level. If it's legit, if it's not legit, you start to look at what was the biggest knock in the past couple of years. You look at Mark Stone in Ottawa in that 2017 run, the second half of the playoffs, his production totally nosedived. You look at him last year, the second half of the playoffs, his production, totally no. Like to me, I, I think if that is the case and we are to believe that that he gets worn down, this is going to be an absolute bonus for Vegas to, to bring him back later. And as you say, maybe Dadnov and Riley Smith both end up with I don't know. I'm sure. Irritable bowel syndrome.
1: <laughs> Patanjali gets gout, or like we we just yeah. This is sit. it,
0: man. You got to take out some money, and you go. All right, we need to take out the equivalent nine point five or ten. And and to me, it's been floated on local media here a bit in the past year. I think, and 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 I don't hate the idea that your salary cap has to be relevant in the playoffs, right? This idea that if the cap is eighty one point five, well, you can only carry eighty one point five in the playoffs. Yep. Like it, whatever happens beyond that, and you're not paying people or whatever's happening, but you can only carry regular season salaries of eighty one point five. That that's the like you are you are legitimately looking at Mark Stone and, and the Vegas Golden Knights carrying.
1: It, well in excess of $90 million in the playoffs if this is allowed to go on. Well, last year, the Lightning, after their cup print, were wearing t-shirts that said $18 million over the cap. Yeah. Like at some point, if you're going to let teams do this, maybe you could ask them not to rub your nose in it first and insult your viewers. And your-
0: well, you know what that is, Matt? That's number one fucking bullshit. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, so I, I agree with you in principle, like If you're going to have this cap all the way through, then it it only makes... Because even last year, I'm trying to remember, I thought that was two, but... Oh, it was because... like Remember the Leafs traded for Riley Nash, knowing at best he wasn't... like That was an easy trade for them because you weren't going to use him until the playoffs at best anyway. So you can make that deal knowing he's not going to affect your cap. And then at the end, it turned out... How do we get Hyman and Freddie and whoever all back? Yeah, fuck it. We'll just do it in game one and, and not worry about it. Right. Um, so it does make some sense to me that there should be, even if it's not exactly like I wouldn't change the dollar value, but there should be some wave still to the salary cap in the playoffs. Like that this tonight's roster would be compliant in a regular season game of some kind. Because, um, yeah, hey, this oh, is can- a bit of a joke. Like I I fully expect, like I I have no trouble believing maybe Mark Stone has back trouble. I also 100% believe it'll clear up in time for the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And, and I believe this is a black and white issue. Um, but I'm looking at, at, you know, whoever you just said, Nash. Yeah. And going, yeah. All right. Who cares? We'll no, I that, get it. I, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying we'll let that guy roll around. Yeah. That's not Mark Stone. Yeah. It's not Jack Eichel or it's not yeah. Mark Stone. And you're like, but at the but, end of the day, you The you're point right, is simply is compl-
1: uh, I can yes. trade for you because it doesn't matter right now. If I want to use you later, I can. And,
0: yeah. yeah. No, no. And, and, and this is we're, we're all on the same point uh, on the same side of the, of the ledger here that at the end of the day, don't have a cap. If at the if in at the most important time of the season, you don't. I can just float. I can float out a hundred million dollar salary. Yeah, that's not a salary cap. No, don't do that.
1: No, I, I I'm with you there. Just in the sense that uh, the Leafs have long since looked to poke any hole they can, and it was you know Robida Island and all these sorts of things, right? Yeah. I. I have no illusions of the fact that screw Tampa and screw Vegas, Toronto would never Toronto absolutely would and will if they can. Um, But it does make a bit of a mockery of this stuff. And you know, what's the point? Like why this is why they have waivers. If you've played games in Europe, otherwise the Leafs would pay a top line to go and have a great time playing for Davos for the regular season and bring them back for the playoffs. Right. But now you have to deal with guys in your own league who all suddenly get healthy at just the right time. And I'm not mad at Vegas. I'm really not that mad at Tampa, but I do understand what, cause they're playing the game that they're allowed to play, right? They're playing the hand that's been dealt to them. And you either need to close that up or these loopholes or find a way to, to you know, loosen the cap like one or the other, like let's not pretend that at the most important part of the season looks anything like what it does, you know, on February 22nd or whatever the hell day it is now, right? Like, it's- well, you're not, you're not mad. Cause you know, sure as shit. We're going to try if, some funny business coming up. They have Toronto with
0: their 42
1: capologists. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> If they could bring in Claude Giroux and somebody else yeah. goes, Ooh, oh man, I can't do it. We'll take one of our 16 guys who are making over 10 million and we'll put them on the, on the LTIR. Cause your team has the you're, financial, you're right. wherewithal uh, to all do I it. All
1: I mean is, I'm sort of over this idea, like, you know, if they did it with Kucherov last year, why would I be surprised that another team is doing it now, right? Yeah, you're no. right, I, my team is in a position to also be able to do it. But just even with Vegas, I go, all right, like, good for you. Like, I'm always curious to almost see how these teams are going to do it now, right? Like, it's it's become part of the story for me.
0: Right. And, and I, and that is the thing, right. Is, is, it is an ongoing story. Yeah. And at, at what point do you go, all right. Yeah. I saw what happened there. And you're like, that's freakish and weird. And even though we were all like wink, winging and nudging. going, yeah, okay, Well, as you try.
1: said, we went with Tampa. Well, oh, who else could do that? Like we, this isn't going to become a thing. And then the very next year it's a thing.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, if you look at, Uh, And again, I think the leaps are good enough. You pluck Austin Matthews out of their lineup. Mm. They're still going to make. Let's not find out. No, I I know. And I'm just saying it, but it it is one of those things, right? Where if it enables Toronto to bring in, I don't know, Claude Giroux, and I don't think that's what they need. Right. But we are talking about an available. Yes. We think available, you know, guy to be acquired. And so you sort of say, well, what what are we going to do? Or a Jake Chickren. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Now these sorts of
0: things, yeah. Now nah, for sure, man, <laughs> wouldn't he? Wouldn't he look good right in there on the second yep. defensive unit? Um, but you sort of say, and that's only five million, man. You could just, how easy is that, yeah. man? You guys could just, sure, man. We'll find. Just a way. chalk that up and fire somebody else out. No <laughs> problems. Uh, Muzzin, take a rest. Yep, take a rest, my man. Right now, because it looks like you could use it.
1: You might be going the other way as part of the chicken trade.
0: Okay, I know, and they want picks, they want young prospects, Matt, and so uh, you may have to be giving up Nick Robertson and whatever else you got, and so
1: I probably um, would. For uh, but
0: you still got to you still got to fix it in, but you can do that. You can do that because anything's possible these days. Just got to believe in it,
1: Matt. You can do it. Just got to believe.
0: Well, and 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 really, I I I have zero issue where we're up, I don't know we're a month or five weeks out from trade deadline. I think Doobie's Doobie's got something up his sleeve, and somebody's sick, somebody's <laughs> got herpes. <laughs> The clap. I don't know what's happening here. Somebody's got something coming In-grown down the pipe.
1: toenail is all it's going <laughs> to yeah. take. <for> this,
0: that's, <laughs> that's a fungus right there. You are out. I can't put my boot on. It's the Marian hosa skin yeah, disease. Yeah, I'm a little
1: itchy on my knee pads. You know. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, it's hot. It's cold here, and it's dry in Toronto in winter. It's terrible for my skin. <laughs>
1: I'll see you in May, uh, hey, though. Man. It'll clear up. Yeah, honestly, man,
0: <laughs> the sun comes out. I, I'm loving it. I'm loving life. So uh, I do see, and, and why wouldn't the Leafs totally seize this opportunity? I just think it needs to be, and it's 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 fun, and it feels good. It's kind of therapeutic, Matt, to be reeling against big money teams yep. that aren't the Toronto Maple sure. Leafs yet. Yep to do this right so the league needs to and, and, and this feels like a cba issue yep right something that's going to have to be in they that's what four or five years out
1: oh yeah like they just renegotiated right during the the lockdown yeah. so and I, like i don't know who who wants this shut down probably the owners i guess right it is more like players it allows as long as this rule is in place it allows for more money To come into the system, right? So I'm sure players are actually pretty much fine with it, right? It'll be some owners who say, okay, like this cap was supposed to prevent this shit. Well, it's Um,
0: owners like Eugene Melnick or Dundon in Carolina or these guys who who want to hold the line on salaries, right? Or who can't afford it for whatever reason, right? It's not going to be your Rangers or your Golden Knights or your Tampa's or your Toronto's or your Montreal's. It's not going to be those guys. It's going to be the ones at the other end of the, of the salary cap spectrum. who are like, Hey man, I, you know, I, I got to hope for a perfect, a perfect storm to happen for me to be able to fund and field a competitive team. Right. And so I I can't, I can't go to $110 million, right? Like some of these other, and I, I get it. We're going to hear people who say, yeah, TFB, man.
1: So the big leagues.
0: Ownership. Yeah, this is the big leagues for sure.
1: But so we're supposed to have rules against it. So as we wrap up on this, you're in your mind, what percentage is it that Mark Stone is fine for game one? I'm at like ninety eight point five.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just gonna say he's one hundred percent fine. Right? It's it's gonna be the same thing, like how big are your balls like Tampa last year that Kucherov is a full contact like three weeks out from the end of the regular season and he's taking all kinds of contact
1: and he's been practicing for weeks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you're like on, and then you just go roll back in and you leave the playoffs and scoring by 10 points. (laughs) And you're like, Oh man, that's I'd have been laughing
1: at my Stanley cup press conference too. If I'd have pulled that fast one on the league, like, yeah, you idiots, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and so great, I got paid all season, and I got to roll back in at the most important time, and I crushed it, and yeah. we won, yeah. and uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I egg on the rest of your faces. <laughs> I'll take my ring and my yeah. bud lights, and I'll carry on my way,
0: shirtless, swearing in bad English.
1: Love it, man. Um, last thing here, you mentioned Jacob Chickering. Maybe the Leafs be interested. And they did swoop in and grab a Phoenix defenseman or an Arizona defenseman. And that was the first headline I saw was Leafs Have Interest in Arizona Defender. And I click I click that link <laughs> fast. Man. And uh unfortunately, no, it was not Jacob Trick uh Chikrin. It is Ilya Labushkin, household name. Uh, yeah.
0: Babushka. <laughs>
1: So, uh, they managed to unload, which is really the crux of this year, the Nick Ritchie contract, which had another year left on it at $2.5 million, and a conditional pick that will be either a second rounder in 2025 or a third rounder next year. Um, so, I think. Did you, did you not also get Ryan DeZingle in we this? We did get Ryan DeZingle, but we have since waived him, and he was claimed by San Jose, so we're really not that interested. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, had to put him on waivers to get Liljegren back up and San Jose took him. So there's something about, there may never be another leaf, clear waivers again. Like it seems to have become a bit of a game to just snag. Like last, last week, Vegas waves Adam Brooks. Nobody claims him. So he gets to us. We do claim him. We put him on waivers the next day and Winnipeg takes him. What are you doing? Like, why didn't you just take him the first time? You assholes. (laughs) You know why, Matt. Yeah, I do know why. So, um... Ilya Labushkin comes in and he's played with Chikrin a fair bit in Arizona this year, but I think most people are saying you should probably be expecting more of a third pair type guy, but bring some stuff the Leafs don't have uh, in terms of his shot blocking. He's kind of a more physical guy. like He does enjoy hitting. He's a stay-at-home defenseman. And so one of the reasons, even if you were, and I, I bet you you'll see some time where they look at it, but I don't think he's going to go on that second pair with Muzzin because he probably needs someone to transport the puck for him, as does Muzzin, right? Like that's sort of what Hall does on that pair. Um, maybe you see more of a Labushkin with Sandine, and, you know, maybe you're still looking for somebody for Muzzin or maybe you're going to stick with Hall. Um, I don't expect you to know any more than I do about Ilya Labushkin, but just, you know, the fact they were able to offload the Richie contract, the type of guy they brought back. What do you think of the trade?
0: Well, and really, really what you need to know is if you look at Jake Chickering's stats this year and how he is just getting caved in yeah. on every, it doesn't matter what conventional advanced <laughs> analytics, whatever it is. It's not and going great it, in Arizona for I Jake Chickering. Oh, and I, I think it's got to do with the Babushka, which is really. Uh,
1: Babushkin's I, holding them down?
0: When you translate it, it's, it's actually Zaitsev.
1: In I saw I think it was Dom at the Athletics said uh, a better Zaitsev so similar type <laughs> similar type guy but that did not endear like even with the word better you're like oh like
0: yeah it's like but you've now <laughs> sullied it with everything you have said after it right Basically. And so it, you know Jake Chikrin is a is an all star player or at least a borderline all star I I blame it on Labushkin. Labushkin. Yep, is that right? Yep. Yeah, I looked at it today. And go Labushkin, LeBuskin. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, totally. I, I totally agree with you one hundred percent that he is not going to be the guy that slides into that second line, uh, second pairing. Right, you are still looking for something else there.
1: Right, and he um, might fit nicely with with Sandine. Right, like if if you're fine with like Sandine, the, there was a piece in the Athletic last week that said is like top 10 in NHL defenders with almost all of his underlying magic, but it's because he's a third pairing guy and he's eating up third and fourth lines, right? And other, um, but if you could give him a stay at home guy like Labushkin, maybe on your third pair that allows him to do his thing a little more instead of playing with Lilligren or Dermot on his offside or whatever might be going on there, maybe it does help his game a little bit too. And he can take, some slightly harder minutes, and maybe muzz doesn 't have to get worked quite so hard because there's no question at this point Muzz is fading right like I, early on in the year you're kind of like maybe it's the injuries and the stop start and the covid thing and I, he's he's struggling hard, and so well, you need someone to skate for him
0: and, and the reality is if if you got your your third pairing. Soaking up some time for your second pairing, you don't have a second pairing, really. No, that's right. It, yeah. Is what it comes down to. And and if you if you look at it, that second pairing is so vital, mm-hmm. right? Because most teams can, can trot out a top pair. Most teams can trot out a bottom pair. It's the really good teams that have that three, four defenseman, yep. right? And that is the make or break, right? Like well, you're and just and going- half
1: of the way this team is built is not, they They really don't want Riley to pull like your top pair is supposed to take on the other team's top line. They don't really want Riley doing that, right? Like he's not great in his own end. He's been better yep. this year, but he's not great. He's not what a pronger or a you know, prime dowdy or whatever. Like he defends by having the puck not be in his zone. And when it is in our zone, bad news so like you need that muzzin pair that second pair to be you know your shutdown pair because that's not what Riley Brody is is built to do
0: well and if you want to look at it on a on a scaled-down version the Ottawa Senators when they when they put the pairing of Zub and Holden together in that three four that second pairing slot Mm -hmm. things solidified much better defensively like if you look at their 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 goals against over the last 20 games not a small sample size right right it's it's having and those those are the two who traditionally go against other teams top lines it's not the shabbat and whoever right it it is that middle pairing right who who are the guys who who've who line up against better number one line units on the other side so that I I totally understand why Brody and and Riley wouldn't be the, right. they're getting more offensive zone, you know, these sorts of things, right? You know, I count on these guys for, to drive point production, not to shut down somebody else. So to me, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with that, with that offside, with Muzzin's, with Muzzin's opposite, because yeah, you
1: got Muzzin for how many more years? Two after this, but... I believe his no trade doesn't kick in until uh or comes out, I think. Okay. It is, right? Yeah, like there. So he
0: and Sheldon Keefe, right? We talked about it last week, right? Who lasts longer?
1: Between, yes, exactly.
0: And and you go, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, you know, he, he may his shingle may be out with uh Sheldon Keefe's, right? In yes. terms of if things don't go well, you go, All right, you know, Muzz, before July first or whatever the equivalent is this year, you're gone. Right. I, I, but you be can't you can't discount again, now I'm gonna step aside as a uh that 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 big off season signing of Nick Ritchie, right? That, that you've got out from underneath that at 2.5, 2 million. what was 2. it? Two point five, yeah, yeah. And, and, and as a team that is
1: right tight against it, that you know, had to be gone. Right now, the one right. thing I should say here,
0: I'm surprised he didn't end up in Ottawa.
1: The <laughs> one thing I should say here, as you compared the Leafs' D there to Ottawa's as a downscale, I had a uh, a guy named Paul who I don't think follows us, but did uh, send a tweet my way after I had said that that was a nice, tidy piece of work for Kyle to get out from under that. And he quite rightly pointed out that last year, I was not willing to give Pierre Dorian credit for trading Dadnov. That was a mess of Pierre's own creation. It didn't work. And he did manage to clean it up, but I didn't believe at the time that you get credit for ending up back at zero, right? For cleaning up your own mess. That's, that should just be, you know, understood that you better be able to do that or you wear this out of stubbornness either way. Um, so Kyle made a mistake on this Nick Ritchie thing. And he said as much in his press conference, he goes, sometimes it just doesn't go right. Like, and, uh, he received 33 games, largely playing with either Matthews or Tavares and ended up with two goals. And <laughs> at even at just, you know, just 2.5 million, whatever you want, it's not close to enough, right? And so he ends up sent down. And it is crucial that the Leafs got out from underneath that for next year. So even if nothing else happens, like even if Labushkin ends up on waivers or getting sent down, which I don't believe will happen. At, he's a useful NHL defenseman, even if it's your seventh going into the playoffs. And you decide you're better off still with with Hall and Lilligren. That's fine. It's next year that you know Riley gets his raise. Um, Sandine is going to get a raise. Like you're going to need that space. But Paul was right to hold me to the fire that you don't just give Kyle credit. For getting out from underneath this mess that Kyle himself created, so right. I think that's fair. Um, you know, it's in, in my blue goggles, I didn't immediately jump back to the Dadnov trade and, and think this is the same thing, but it, it's well, it's comparable enough.
0: Well, not only is it comparable enough, Dadnov was three years at five per yeah. Right, they got rid of the second and third year of that, and now Vegas is looking to get rid of that. Yes, <laughs> and we got Nick Holden back, who at one and change has been outstanding in that middle pairing. Right, right? he is just a—he's that defenseman where you don't notice him. You, you know, he kills penalties, he does whatever else. He just makes the other guy better,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and and quietly. And so, not only did you get rid of the next ten million bucks that you fucked up in signing, yeah, but you've also now brought back in a defenseman who, obviously, when you get better, he fades away, yeah. But he has been able to bring a little stability to a back end that was an absolute wild card. So, yeah, PD, who gets a lot of abuse on this show, justifiably, right? To me, that was a. Uh, That's even a plus, not just a, you've, you've cleaned up, but yeah, it doesn't detract from the fact that you're able to get rid of Richie. When you looked at him, his fading star in Anaheim, then his, his show in, in Boston, where you're like, man, that guy is, is nowhere. So
1: he had put up 15 or so goals and they wanted him to be more physical. And we talked about this, it was no more a week or two ago about, you know, Kyle, his average, right? He had gotten Kasha, he'd gotten comp and he'd gotten bunting and three out of the four had panned out really well. And then there was Richie sitting on the fucking Marley's clearly unhappy. And the team was clearly unhappy to have that money riding there. So you sort of assumed, like I figured they would be able to get a team like Ottawa or Arizona to take him, but you're getting nothing in return. And there's going to be a sweetener there of some kind, what it would be. I don't didn't know third or fourth rounder to get somebody to take him. The fact that you were able to do that, and get back a piece that you might be able to use, right? And even Dezingle, I do believe that they believe, or that they thought, you know, a little depth, he might be able to help us. He's not going to be a top six guy anymore, but if somebody were to get hurt, uh, maybe he would fit in on that fourth line in place of Ingval or something like that. And that it wasn't going to matter at the end of the year, right? Though could both walk and you were out from underneath that deal. So I think in a vacuum the deal itself is good, but I am willing to be corrected by Paul or at least pointed out as being a hypocrite by Paul. Whatever you want to say, go, hey, you weren't willing to give Dorian credit for cleaning up his own mess. Maybe you can't give Kyle credit for cleaning up his own mess either. And I think that's fair enough. I don't think this particular trade has changed anything in the Atlantic Division. This isn't the guy you point at and go, the Leafs defense is fixed. Um, it's a little bit of depth and, uh, and we'll see, man.
0: Well, Paul, what are you doing? Follow us. Yeah, it's true. Get on it, Paul. Obviously, you're listening
1: because you remember yeah. something I said a year ago.
0: Yeah, and, and, well, and good for you, man, if you are listening. And, if you're, and Actually, if you're just listening and you're not following, that's all right, too, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's all right. We
1: can get behind that. Yeah.
0: And clearly, Paul, probably a Simmons shrewd, answer.
1: Yeah, so maybe, maybe uh, right? Yeah, it sounds thumbs like. Thumbs
0: up to you, my man, right there. So, um, But yeah, we'll see because uh, Dubas, he's got to do something. Because this will be the most interesting thing for me moving into late April, early May is, is what shakes loose in Toronto, right? To me, are they going to go on a run? Are they not? All these things. That is, yeah, as somebody whose team is not making the playoffs, right. I, am, I am so interested in, in how, this, how this all shakes out in the playoffs. So Dubis, you have a month. To muscle up, my man, to get something going here.
1: Maybe we'll look at uh, what we expect to come the trade deadline because I think it might be quieter in Toronto than people think. Not a ton of flexibility, not a ton of room. Not sure we're going to find oh. the big fish. But
0: uh, If I were you, I'd, I'd start talking to PD right now. What, what can you get rid of? What can you, what can you send our Start way? Because
1: throwing shit overboard down the highway. Cause I'm
0: looking at, I'm looking at Zaitsev last night and I'm like, fuck man, do we still have that guy for two more years? <laughs> like, could you not just put the blade of your stick up and just use the stump at the end? Like, could you just not use the other end? <laughs> like, you don't even need that stick. I don't know what you're doing, man. So I, I, I'm i sure Ottawa could pick up something for you. A little charity something. And you don't even need to sweeten it apparently.
1: No. Just giving us shit, we'll get Zub in return and be off and running. Ah, oh, Zub would be awesome there. I think that might actually be pretty accurate. Uh, we'll wind yeah. this one down here, man. I think that's it for today, isn't it?
0: I think that's all. I think that's all we got. That's all we got. now I'm just before spent. We, but, but Wait, before we do,
1: uh-huh.
0: I, I have championed Ben Sherratt to Toronto. Not interested. Well, and are you not interested because you don't like the skill set? are you not interested because that ends up with four left Ds in your top four?
1: Well, that's part of it. I don't think he fits what we need. I know I've read in a few places he has played the right side before. But, like, are you playing Sherratt with Muzzin? And does that solve your problem of the puck no, transporter? And, right, so I just... And everything I've read is that they're looking for the David Savard return that Columbus got last year, which is a first and a third. And fuck Mm. you, right? Like, I'm not paying that.
0: And and can you find Montreal to to sign that guy to a big term contract and go, man, he sucks. And we got, (laughs) Yes, you Uh, need to have the headman, Sergeyev, McDonough to insulate that kind of buffoonery.
1: Right. And so like for him to play third pair left side, now Sandines out of your lineup or playing out of position. I just, I mean, it doesn't fit. And I get it. Come the playoffs when the rules change, maybe you wish you had a little bit more of that. I just, I don't think he's the guy, right? And certainly nope, not for a understood. first round pick. Yeah.
0: Yep. I get it. Totally understood.
1: Uh, well, wind this one down here then, man. We got uh, good stuff to come later in the week. Glenn McGregor from CTV, CTV News will be on the show to talk about Everything he saw on the street here over the last little while, it's been fascinating to see and be interested to get his perspective. But uh, that'll be Thursday morning, so make sure you're subscribed or if you're listening right now. We're on social media at Talk and Audio. Paul and the rest of you, subscribe, follow, right? We want to hear, we want to talk to you, right? We want you to. We do. Yeah, we love to hear from you. So uh, on that note, though, we'll wind this one down. Hope you all have a great shortened week. For Rob, my name's Matt. We'll see you Thursday morning. See ya! That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace.
0: Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCan Audio on your favorite podcast app.